Hello and welcome to Talking SME, our quickfire chat with business leaders. I'm Jane O'Gorman, Director of 10 to 2, Experts in Flexible Recruitment and Consulting. And today I'm very pleased to welcome Gary Swanick, founder and MD of Epoch IT. Hi, Gary. Hi, Jane. How, how are you? I'm very well, thank you. And you? Good, yeah, good, thank you. Great, thanks for joining me today. Um, Gary, you co-founded Epoch IT in 2002 when you were in your, your early 20s, so a young business leader. What did you set out to achieve and, and what does the name Epoch IT signify? Oh, good question, I think. <laughs> uh, yeah, you're right. I was uh, I was quite young and I'm, you know, it's the old adage of, you know, if I knew then what I know now. <laughs> but uh you know, quite clearly, I wanted to set out and achieve a real, I think, a real focus on the right outcome for clients is the easiest way to put it. Mm-hmm. So I was always fairly entrepreneurial at school. Um, and I had a bit of a, I had a bit of a side hustle um, in terms of, I had a job and I, yeah. was, I had a bit of a side hustle fixing people's computers and that was kind of business computers as well and networks. Um, and I, I kind of, I didn't, there wasn't really a gap, but I guess really it was, you know, making sure the outcome to the client was business related. It hit their business objectives. And that's something that I think, I think a lot of IT companies miss even now is that they're very technically led where it always has to start with the business objective. And that really is what I set out to achieve. I had a very biz, you know, basic business plan. Um, and I think if I had to go back in time, I'd make that a bit more comprehensive and really, really think about the end goal in a lot more detail and then work back. But I think I was just eager to, to get up and running, I think, and be my own boss at the time. So I think, yeah, in, in answer to your question of what did I want to achieve, I wanted the best outcome for the clients, um, but also I wanted to manage my own time, I think, and wow. that, was, that, was, that was pretty clear. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I've always wanted to probably create something. I just, I think if I, if I had to go back in time, though, I would, I would take more time thinking about the end goal and, and obviously working that back to, to get the results that I wanted. Um, but that did come. It just took a took a bit longer than time. Oh. Sure. And the name? The name, the name Epoch. Well, mm-hmm. actually, it's Epoch is New Era, right? Um, and actually, I worked for a, I worked for a company with a, a fairly uninspiring name around their business name was around the initials of the of the directors that, that founded the business, which I didn't. They, they actually told me that it was the worst mistake they made around the brand. Um, so I knew I needed a name that that was different and kind of stuck out. And 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 an evening, actually, of, I think it was me and the co-founder at the time, and an evening of going through the dictionary, and actually Epoch stood out as, a, you know, an apt, an apt name for us. Um, but it's obviously E P O C H, and we had to change it to the Q just to be a bit more techy. Sure, so I think that was the idea. <laughs> it works. <laughs> new era, new change, and interestingly, I guess 
changes as part of life and and part of of business growth. But I think the speed of change since March 20 has been unprecedented uh, for for all of us. Um, Having been through the first phase of, of lockdown and then dealing with the second, what differences do you feel have emerged during the second lockdown versus the original? And how do you feel it's affected you and the people you work with, Gary? I think I think the clear the clear difference that I saw in other people, which I think I'd I'd probably already experienced in life, but I think I think a lot of people suddenly saw the value of time. Um, because I think the first lockdown, you know, came fairly unexpected and kind of stole that time away from them. Yeah. The first time in their life that, you know, they had to look at their lives a little bit differently and how they were spending their time. Um, but then I think that the real difference between the first lockdown and the second lockdown and the third lockdown, however many lockdowns we've had, yeah, is that it's been a little bit of a, a shift to the new normal. I know that that's, that's something that is you know, said quite a lot, I think, mm. the new normal and what does it actually mean. But I think that was driven from, obviously, people's people's value that they then started putting on time. Um, it also, you know, on the flip side, you know, the, the, the second lockdown was slightly harder because businesses were starting to get back, starting to see the green shoots. And then, obviously, a lot, depending on what industry you're in. Sure. But a lot of confidence was hit. Um, yeah and some significant cash flow issues, I think, in lockdown, in lockdown maybe two and later in the year that they hadn't seen in lockdown one, where they'd, yeah. where they'd man- managed to weather the storm, but you can only weather that for so long. Yeah. Um, Possibly not thinking it would be as long as it has. <laughs> I don't know what nobody thought. Yeah, everyone yeah. thought end of summer, everyone will be back to normal. And, no, uh, I know. And um, that's what I mean. We started going into a new normal. Mm. Yeah, and how do how does that look for the, for the future? You know, forever. Indeed, indeed. Do you do you think having and you touched on that when we talked about setting up the business? But do you think having an entrepreneurial mindset is a bonus in times of uncertainty? Yeah, of course it is. Of course it is because I think the entrepreneur is is a always always on the side of looking for an opportunity. Mm-hmm. Um, so whatever you know, the the journey of an entrepreneur as well is always to expect the unexpected. Um, so whether it's the economy or you know any kind of external factors, um, you know, COVID was just just one of those kind of external factors that you've got to deal with. Um, but entrepreneurs also you've got to have the mindset of you know resilience. Sure. And how do you? Yeah. How do you? How do you? How how can you always be prepared for the unexpected? And that is part of it. That is part of the journey. I think you've just got to you've got to be able to respond in a crisis um, and spot the opportunity. And I think that's good advice. That's 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 it, really. Excellent. And and you touched on the new normal. <laughs> what does well, what does normal now mean at Epoch IT and and for your customers, Gary? Yeah, I think from actually from I'll start with the clients. 
what we're mm. seeing is a lot of clients are now planning to reduce their you know their their office space yeah that is definitely they're quite vocal about it you know it's definitely in you know they're putting it into their plans um because they've realized that that, that they can they can work remotely um i also think pre-covid there was a lack of trust depending on the culture of the business some mm. had a lack of trust of people working remotely for some reason yeah you know they couldn't find you know how what the solution was to that and i you know i don't really know why you know it's accountability and it's your systems and everything else um but i think yeah i think that's that's kind of the 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 new normal i guess is people are are moving to a maybe a more hybrid working model so here at epoch yeah we've got we've had people working remotely mm-hmm I don't yeah. think, you know, I don't think that is going to change quickly. We're still going to, you know, we still, we probably change and we're a bit more flexible with our working just because of what I said before, actually, everyone's, everyone's valuing their time a lot more. So there's a, there's an emphasis on work-life balance, um, which there always is, but I think that that's probably been fueled a bit more. Um, and I think, yeah, I think, I think, there's a lot of talk about moving to this kind of hybrid model of two days in the office or three days, three days remote. Personally, you know, this is only my opinion, but I think that will, that will be a novelty. Okay. And, and I say that just because I think businesses, once, once things do return and the economy picks up, businesses have a fairly short memory. I think they will, they will also have experienced maybe culture issues during covid because it's very hard when you have a remote workforce. How do you how do you instill the culture that you want in a business? Um, how can you be as productive as possible? Um, I don't. I personally don't believe that you can do it solely by being you know remote. It's um, you do need a place of business. You do need you do need people in the office. Um, depending on what industry you're in as well. Sure. Yeah, and that takes us back to that kind of the hybrid working that. You know, it's obviously something that from from us as an organisation, and you touched on a lot of, you know, topics that we often discuss in terms of remote working or, or trust and the value of time. But again, it's coming back to this topic of of the new era and hybrid working, uh, and how things may change going forward. But but what do you think that means for for people and processes, particularly given your area of expertise, Gary? If we were to consider, say, security issues and cyber crime, uh, I think it needs a. It definitely needs a mindset shift, right? How you look at your your systems and processes, like you say. Mm. Um, you know, how do you keep control of the t- technology when it's not in your, not in your kind of place of business, if you like. Um, but also you've got the human firewall element that is that is so critical um, in the kind of the security of your data. Uh, you could put you could put in all the layers of technology that you like, but you still have to educate and train and and make your people aware of the threats. Otherwise, they could just unlock that. Um, it's a bit like having a having a house, and you can invest in all of the CCTV and alarms. Um, but actually, if you 
you know, if, if the human doesn't switch the alarm on and, and leaves the back door unlocked, then, you know, then it's a pointless exercise. So it's about getting your people educated as much as it is anything else. So I don't know if that really answers the, the question, but... Well, I think it's, it is, it's a very good point, but it's interesting also um, in terms of understanding what that education looks like and whether it's different now, because obviously there are there other elements to be more mindful of when we are dealing in a hybrid structure where, you know, perhaps within the con within a building in an office space, there are certain things to be mindful of. Does that translate and transfer to remote working too? Or will there be more involved in the, in the education of how we're going to manage that going forward? Yeah, I think you have to approach it differently. Mm -hmm. um, and there are solutions now to train your people. And there are, you know, there are cybersecurity awareness kind of training um, where you can train your people remotely and, and make sure that you're monitoring these, you know, phishing emails. Um, I would highly recommend that all businesses test, you know, test their staff and send out a, a dummy phishing email and see who responds and who needs the training. Um, it's all about prevention rather than cure, I think. Um, and that's, that is the challenge when you're remote and you've got, rem you know, you've got people using their own laptops potentially and their own mobile phones, but they're connecting back into your infrastructure. You need to, you need to be aware of what these devices are and, and, and how they're connecting to your data. Um, but it is, yeah, it's definitely, a, I think the, the message also is, you know, simple antivirus software is not enough anymore. Yeah. That is that is not it, and you did, there is a two, you know, there's a two pronged attack to this. Is in you need to invest appropriately um, in the right technologies, but you also need to educate your people um, and make them make them very aware uh, of what's going on. And I think that's you know that that has to develop for remote workers, and and how you do that. Um, how you do that is, is fairly simple because the technology is there. You've got to use the technology to enable your business to work remotely. Yeah. That's it in a nutshell. Good point. Um, so practically speaking, Gary, what can SME business owners do today to ensure that they aren't soft targets for cyber criminals? Yeah, I think practically, I mean, there's lots of practical things that they can do, I think. First one, I would say, is you know, investigate the Cyber Essential Scheme. Um, it's a government-run scheme. You know, it's, it's, it, it, A, it's good for peace of mind for the business owner and the management team that they've got, you know, they've got the right infrastructure that's fit for today's world. Yeah. Um, but also it shows that they can show it to their clients to make sure that, you know, to give their clients peace of mind that they're dealing with a business that takes this seriously. Mm. I think that's, and that isn't, it's not an expensive, you know, exercise either. And it does the basics of cyber security, but it, but it also shows the world that your business is, is taking it seriously. Um, I think another real practical step is just a, you know, just a basic gap analysis of what you, what you're doing at the moment. You know, you could get, maybe get an external person or, or organization to do that for you. And just give you a real, 
you know, a, a real thorough and expert opinion on what you're doing and, and you know, your processes, how you're using them, your people. Mm-hmm. Um, it has to be fit for your business as well. Sure. Um, and then also, you know, a simple business continuity plan. So, so if you think, I think the stat is something like 63 to 65% of SMEs have had a, had a breach of some description. Um, and I think just, just simply having a plan on your business continuity or a disaster recovery plan is just a simple way to, to start to start thinking backwards. Actually, I go back to the first question, you know, something that I didn't do when I started the business enough was think of the end goal and work. Yeah. Back. But actually the same applies here. You know, what you know, what is your plan if if the you know, I'd say the worst happens, but the inevitable really. Uh, I think if you're not preparing for it, you will suffer. Will suffer a breach as the modern world evolves. This will become more prevalent. I think. Yeah. Um, but actually, it, there's lots of there's lots of free advice as well, and free policies and, and and things on the internet, including actually. This is sorry, apologies, but a, a plug to our website. If you go to the Epoch website, there's a there's a free resources section where you can where you can download, you know, a a template or, or FAQs that might help you in your business. So it doesn't have to be expensive. You know, the, just the practical things can be can be free, but spending the time to think about it in a bit more detail. Yeah, that's really helpful. And actually some useful tips there, and as you say, not necessarily um, costly, but giving the time up to do it and actually those percentages in terms of your, you know, 63, 65% of SMEs, that's quite a high percentage. And going back again to what you said earlier about prevention rather than cure, you know, maybe just giving a little bit of time and thought to this could really yeah. help make a difference Absolutely. for a business. An agenda. It needs to be an agenda item on your, yeah. you know, your, your board meetings or your senior management team meetings has to be an agenda item on there now yeah. um, before it's too late. Really, you don't want to be, you know, backpedaling when you've got, you know, you've got a breach. And we see them, you know, we're we're an IT services business and there's no, you haven't got 100% guarantee against a breach. So part of our business is, you know, how do you, how do you respond when, when there's a breach? You know, you've got to prevent it, but inevitably you yeah. can't prevent everything and how do you respond? And how do you get back up and running? And how do you prevent that causing a disruption to your business in terms of lost revenues, but also reputation as well? Um, you know, there is a reputation to, to yeah, of course, to keep up, especially now. You know, with Cyber Essentials, if you can, if you can get that, it, that's what I'm. That's what I mean. It, it makes you look like you're taking it a little bit more seriously than than perhaps somebody that hasn't got it. Yeah, it's a really good point, definitely. And and and, and as you say, a big area and um, good advice to have that on the agenda, Gary, as well. Um, if you could leave one one piece of advice or tip for listeners, what would it be, Gary? Around cybersecurity, it would it would definitely be take the time to educate yourself and your team um, on the threats. And, and do a gap analysis, I think. 
I think that that is the that is the simple one. Just to take it more seriously. Yeah. Like I say, have it as an agenda item. That's the that's the single thing that you could do to 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 make a step forward. I think is just to take it seriously before a lot of businesses take it seriously after the event. Just make sure you're not one of those. I guess. Yeah, I think that's really helpful advice, and hopefully. Um, there'll be a few, hopefully, of listeners out there who might not have done so yet who will be thinking about that um, and the value that that could bring. So thank you so much for joining me today, Gary, and for, for this valuable chat. It's been a pleasure talking to you. Well, thank you for the time and the opportunity. My pleasure. <laughs> and to our listeners, I hope you enjoyed our Talking SME. Look out for future episodes coming soon from 10 to 2, Experts in Flexible Recruitment and Consulting.